Well, 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 welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, another show, another guest, a special guest as always. I have Dr. Lori Baker Shenna, and she's going to take us into a road and a path of positivity. Now, we've talked about positivity in previous shows, but there's not enough discussion about positivity. And today, it's really pivot to the positive in everything we do. And, uh, you know, Dr. Baker has a lot of uh, background in, in terms of this topic, in terms of really getting people excited and turning them into like, you know, from bad to best to better and so on and so forth. So, so really tonight I have the pleasure and I want to thank you, first of all, for being with us. Um, you know, it is uh, a true pleasure to have you. And we really want to get all that good juice and insights from you. And let's get us that positive vibe. So, doctor, how are you? I am great. It is so great to be on your show. And I think your listeners are so lucky to have you because we need more positivity in the world. And when you just send it out there, people need to hear it. And, you you know, we always sit in, in these studios and you never really it's hard to kind of comprehend how much your message is resonating with people. And uh, I was on a clubhouse uh, talk today and I was explaining that we really need to be very aware of the fact that we can change lives, we can make a difference with our words. And that's why positivity is so important because what you put out there is what people are gonna get. And there's not enough positivity in the world to balance all the negativity. So the more that you, the more programs you do, the more we talk about it, the better off we're all gonna be. Well, I I, I would agree. And, uh, and again, believe it or not, and the mission of our channel and radio is to educate, enlighten, motivate, and inspire. And so it's all about positivity, keeping up there and pushing people to be better in anything that they do. Uh, and so pivot to the positive, that's really what it is. Some of us sometimes go through challenges and, and no one can claim that they never gone through challenges. I mean, it's part of life, right? We go up and down, but the question is how we deal with it. And, you know, so it's the mindset. And, uh, and so that's really, you know, something that is dear to me and, you know, I try to push as much of. And, you know, I love when my guests, you know, on the show kind of like bring in some real energy and real vibe. And, and frankly, this last year is a, a very, you know, interesting year in terms of historic, you know, events. And, and you know, positivity in this time, you know, is really a medicine, <laughs> you know, because yes. really mental state and everything has been affected. People are just, you know, they get to have enough. You know, it's a lot of stuff that they've been doing financially, personal, you know, all the other stuff. And now, you know, we want folks to listen, to get excited, to get really a new, you know, like almost like a, a reset. And and so, so, Dr. Baker Shanna or Lori, I won't call you Lori. Lori, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> Lori. So so let's let's go back and and first of all, tell us about your background. How did how did it all started? You know, in terms of where you went, you know, in the beginning and until you started doing these things and getting people excited. Well, you know, it's kind of in my DNA. I had a very wonderful father who was always telling me that I could do, be whatever I wanted to be and do whatever I wanted to do. And I was very lucky. A lot of people don't have that, that growing up that someone in their lives to give them confidence. And that's why I've always stressed that when you don't have it, when you're growing up, you can always get it moving forward just because you haven't had it as a child. I was lucky to have it as a child. So so um, I've had my life in three chapters, I call them. The first chapter, I was in marketing and public relations. 
And I started my own business when I was 29. And I absolutely love being an entrepreneur. I realized in my 20s that uh, working for somebody else just wasn't my thing. I didn't like to be micromanaged. I worked super hard and I wanted to be paid for every moment that I worked. So I ended up starting my own business and uh, doubled my salary the first year out. And at business, that marketing healthcare business is still going today. I still have a couple of clients who I, it's hard to get rid of <laughs> because I, I really don't want to release them. They're just, they're very close to me. But that was a very, 33 years of that business. So part two, when I was about 32, I got a call from my local university where Cal State Northridge, I'm in Los Angeles. And they had an emergency hire situation. They needed someone to teach. And I had never taught, I had an MBA at the time. So I had a higher degree, but I never taught. I thought, well, this is kind of fun. I'll give it a shot. And the thing that's scary about this is that college professors do not need to have any training as a teacher to be in the classroom. There's no credential programs, there's no nothing. So that's why when people are in the university setting and you have some really great teachers and some not so great, there's no class for teaching. So I was thrown in there myself and I shook like a leaf the first couple of weeks, but I figured it out. And 25 years later, I ended up being a full-time professor of journalism and public relations and also, um, you know, continuing my business. And in the meantime, I got a doctorate in organizational leadership because leadership to me has always been fascinating. And so I was able to, to do that too. So in my classroom, I taught public relations and marketing. So I have a real deep marketing background, but I always gave it a motivational spin because my college students really needed that extra encouragement to go out and find out what they wanted to do. So I laced everything with motivation. So it's always, cause I've always been positive. I just, I've been, I've, I think I just realized how happy I am when I am positive. And it's kind of like a drug. The more positive you are, the more happy you are. And of course that feels good. So that kind of was the background on that. So, so what happened um, in my mid fifties was I got hit with a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer diagnosis. And I realized at that moment that I really wanted to start a professional speaking business and a leadership coaching business. So I left a full-time position and I started what today is my leadership coaching and professional speaking business. And my whole thing, just like yours, is pivoting to the positive. Because I realize that so many people need to hear this message, both personally and professionally. And we can never move forward. And all the four things that your program represents, you cannot achieve any of them being negative. So we really need to get the positivity habit going and keeping it there, no matter if you get hit by cancer, money issues, job issues, personal issues, you can't move forward being negative. I mean, you can be sad and angry and all those sorts of things, but at the end of the day, if you want to move forward, it has to be positive. Wow. <laughs> so I have to like just settle here a little bit and get all these, these thoughts together in place. But so, so first things first, you know, you had a, a great career to start. I mean, marketing, communications, that's big. I mean, I, I've, in one part of my career, I actually had to lead marketing. <laughs> and but for, the, for the most part, I work in conjunction with marketing. I mean, mm -hmm. sales, you know, leadership sales in, in, in the insurance business. And, and, and I understand well about marketing and communication. And that is a big piece of any company. 
right? And so that was, but I know also it is a tough place to be. It's a tough yes. place. Uh, the deadlines, the, the details, the, the, just the, the responsibility. I mean, you know, it's everything that's out there, you are responsible. So the quality has to be there and the, the scrutiny. And there's, there's no real life. I mean, I've seen marketers, you know, in, in the company that, that lived in the office. I mean, there's no, there's a project, there's something that's got to come out on a Monday. They're working on Saturday and Sunday, no hours. Absolutely. No life. You're absolutely right. Oh, and, and I appreciate each one of those folks because, I mean, we work closely and it's tough. And so, and I, and I understand what you did. I mean, to your point also, you can put all that work, but the satisfaction, I mean, even financial is not equating in that exact time and, and energy and all the investment you put in. And so the ideal, obviously, is to have your own. Now, most of the people have a difficulty thinking to, to making that leap, that, that transfer, going from an employee to an ownership you know, type of situation. Uh, various reasons, financial, uh, just the ability, fear, all these things can be like, you know, reasons why people do not jump. And sometimes people jump, they, you know, no risk, no reward, you got to do it, you got to make it happen. But you have to have a plan. And of course, the rest is history, you just get started. And you know, you learn as you go, you fall, you stand, but you have to have the stamina, you have to have some back in and a good plan for it. And so, so just the reason I'm talking about all this, because I, I can relate to that. And that is in itself, a way to look at the world of positivity because there is there is a situation that was not solid i mean it was problematic in a way because you you're not happy that's that that's a key element right you work in and you see that it's a dead end and even if it is it's a cutthroat job i mean i, I know marketing can absolutely be very, uh you know tough and and also like you know the 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 i guess the advancement level can be there but at a very high price and so so ultimately it's ideal to have your own but again people have to start somewhere. We all start and you got to learn and you have to get the expertise to get somewhere from there. But you did, that's the first, I think that's part of positive itself. I mean, think it positive, like, you know, things are going to happen. I got to make a move, but I will make it work. And so right. for people that are listening, probably, you know, if they're wondering like, can I do it? Yes, you can. That's, that's, that's how I believe. And I think you did, not only you believed in it, you did it. <laughs> and you did it multiple times. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so then, then, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so so from there, you went to a whole different career path, which is very similar. I mean, you went to journalism and, and, and really academia, and you went to, to the, the to being a professor in, in, in not so easy, you know, I guess, uh, university. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. So, 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 but even with that, you said it. I mean, you're right. I mean, people are professors, and some you you feel them. There's a vibe, and some they just basically you know you just go through emotion, do your stuff, and that's it. But that's in, that's personality. Now you know. And to your point, I mean, you can teach this stuff in class, but you know you cannot teach personality. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> you have no, no, you can't. <laughs> so it's it's a matter of like having that that energy and dynamics, and that's that's why it's not for everyone, you know. And I actually. I'm not at your level. I never taught in the university and stuff, but I had actually a real estate school. So it's a small little well, thing. It's, little, it's the same principle. It's the same principle. You have to teach and you've got to bring that energy to the teaching and you've got to learn how to relate to people. It is the exact same thing. Well, so the reason I said that is because you're right. I, I, I can't, I can't even imagine what it takes to be a professor in the university. I mean, I've been in university, I've had professors, but that's different. I was on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you do, you do lectures sometimes, they give you a little things to stand and do your thing, whatever, your thesis, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you were not teaching. But I actually got engaged into the, the training world. And so, and I enjoy training people. It's fun stuff. 
So, so from there, I went to this real estate business that I did, you know, on the side. And so, but in there, we had different instructors. And then we had all the surveys, like, you know, how people evaluate. And you'll be surprised to see, like, you know, what people say. It's really about just the energy and how, like, some, some, some teachers or instructors, they just basically read the book. Uh, or yes, they just have the student, horrible. you know. And I have a different approach. See, I can't stand that. I mean, if I want to read a book, I go home and read it. So, so for me, it's more about, like, what is the concept and how does it apply? And that's really what makes a difference in terms of interact. Plus, everybody's interactive. Everybody's involved in the discussion. So that, that's, that was it. So, again, I get it. I mean, it's, it's very difficult, but it's also fun stuff. Now, you took the challenge to teach the higher folks and the higher in degree level you know, of education. And, and it's, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, it, it's a challenge. And, but you kept positive. You went. You got your, your PhD, right? Uh, and, and, again, you kept always going positive and moving to the next. Now, what I'm hearing from your story is that you also had a very life-turning event. I mean, having cancer is no picnic. And, and people sometimes wonder about, like, you know, I have a tough life, you know, I have this. But there's nothing tougher than when you know that something's wrong with your health. Because That's correct. You, know, you can financially change things. You know, you can move from places. You can even reduce your lifestyle and still live happy if you want to. But one thing you can't control, you don't know what the outcome of your health is. And without health, you know, I always say health is wealth. Health is wealth because without health, you have nothing. Exactly. So, so you turned that because you made a decision, a commitment that, no, this is not going to beat me. You know, whatever the outcome is, I'm going to stand and do what I have to do, go through the motions and make it work. And then not only that, it gave you not only you went back and you made it and you succeeded and you passed it <laughs> with flying colors, you turn it to something that is, a voc you know, vocational, something that you wanted to do. And now you're doing it with success. <laughs> With, it's and it's just you're, you're absolutely right and it's just such a great feeling and when you when you look at people who wanted to make that move from employee to owner there's a couple of things you know you you you're right on my level because that whole idea of strategic risk where you take the time to learn the trade you take the time to kind of do a side gig until you you jump into your own gig you know i worked really hard to get a, a business going before I took the plunge to start my own business. But the one thing that holds so many people back, and I know you know this, is fear. And so I always ask my clients, let's take a deep dive into that fear. What does that fear look like? So when I started my own business, I was 29 and it was a really good job I was leaving. And people, and it was during the recession, it was 1987. And people were saying to me, Lori, you are gonna fail. I mean, right to my face, you're okay. gonna fail. And, and I don't know how you're gonna do this. And you just, there's no way you can make a living at this point. And this is actually, and I'm really dating myself, but we just got fax machines and computers. So we could like work from home type of thing. But where the technology had started. And so I thought, so I'd go home and I thought to myself, okay, What's the worst thing that happens if I fail? Well, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to starve. I'm not going to lose my home. My friends who love me will still love me. My fiance at the time will still no doubt marry me. So what is the worst thing if I absolutely fail? If I go out there and don't get any clients and don't get any money, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? Well, I'll just get another job. I'll just have to go back and get another job. 
So when you do those deep dives into what are you really afraid of, they don't make any sense. And so it's crucial when I do coaching and people are feeling stuck, the first thing we look at is what are you afraid of? And we cannot let fear rule us because we live once. Life is not a dress rehearsal. We are living right now. And I couldn't stomach being miserable in a job. I just couldn't do it. Life's too short and you only have a chance once. So what is it going to take? And your ability to fail and fail hard, fail fast, fail often, and get back up and learn and grow. That's what life's all about. And that's what it matters. And that is why I really encourage my clients and even those, you know, still in corporate America to really figure out your passion and don't be afraid to pursue it because fear is such a hindrance. Well, so you, you just touch on two elements right there. One, so we talked about fear and that's, that's really what makes people do things or don't do things, but really the success and failure, you, two com components that you, I think that I'm reading there. One, failure. See, I don't believe in failure. The only time you fail is when you stop. Right. Doing, you're not failing. I mean, yes, you are having issues, you know, like technical issues that you can overcome, but the minute you stop and you give up, that's when you fail. And frankly, even failure can still be a win if you learn from it. Well, absolutely. <laughs> we have shamed failure. We, failure has been shamed in our society. And yet, if you read all the books about all the successful entrepreneurs, there's a huge element of failure. And there's no such thing as overnight success. You have to fail to see what you're doing. And I wish, one of my big wishes is that we, our society didn't shame failure. You know, there's only two people that I don't want to fail. One of, I don't want my pilot to fail and I don't want my surgeon to fail. But everybody else, you know, they, they can figure out, we, I've done so, and then own it, own the failure. And say, you know, I am going to really try harder the next time and figure this out because I fail every day. I'm always screwing something up because I'm trying, I'm doing new things and, 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 and meeting new people. And, and I'm always trying to up my game, whether it's my speaking, my coaching. And, and that is what's so invigorating. And if I look at the end of the day and I'm thinking, well, that didn't work out. The secret is not to beat yourself up. I never beat myself up. I never say, Lori, you're so stupid. I can't believe you did that. Instead, you say, Lori, this is what you did. This is what you should have done. And this is what we're going to learn. And when you do that, you really can elevate your life, both personally and professionally. Look, we've all had bad relationships too. I mean, we all have had bad relationships. So instead of beating yourself up for attracting the same person all the time, you figure out what it is and how you're going to elevate it again. So that kind of failing but learning is how you grow and, and how you ultimately are successful. But we don't teach kids that we, you know, we, we protect them. We don't teach them how to fail. And I think that's a huge, huge uh, deficit that we're not giving our children what they need to learn to do that. Well, I think I think that's that's an excellent point. But but I think what's worse is that when when you look at today, I mean, I have a few teenagers, you know, in my you know my household, and I can see what they're exposed to too. So so everybody, you know, like you, you look at anything in social media, and you got all these guys that oh, I made a million dollars, I did this, I did that. So everybody thinks that it just happened. 
you know, well, ask them what did they do before, how long did it take them, and so on and so forth. You see these things, they, oh, I, I, I make, you know, make $100,000 last week. All right, well, I've been working for a long time, and that's not easy money to make, okay? You know, I've had businesses, and I still have businesses, and you know what? Putting a business together, a real business, takes time, energy, and a lot of stuff, and it's not overnight. Now, maybe 1% or, or less gets lucky, and, you know, you get that little break, but that break happens to anyone any given time, as long as you're in it. you got to be in it to win it, just like the lottery, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but really, people, you know, today, they're just subjected to that. They see it, and so they think that, oh, they did it, obviously, so I have a rule. If someone can do it, I can do it. No matter what, I have to learn. If I don't know what, I have to learn it, but I will do it. It's so, a great thing, except it's come, for me, like singing and dancing. But yes, other than that. Believe it or not, it's funny you said that, because you can learn dancing, and you can learn singing. As a matter yes. of fact, with the technology today, you don't even have to sing. You can just say words, and the computer does the rest. You're so right. You are I, so I right. You are right so right. Songs, they're just music with words, you know, but anyone can actually throw in a good words with a nice little synthesizer, computer, whatever, and they get all your voice, you know, into the right place. I have a hoarse voice. I don't think I can sing, but I guarantee you, if I put it on the computer, they'll make it look good. <laughs> you're, you know what? You're so right, but that's a great point. And, that's, and that can do attitude is all about positivity because you if you're negative there's no way you can hit that but that beautiful can-do attitude that you just demonstrated really shows the power of positivity and the importance of staying in that positive space but you you stated a very good definition of how to avoid that because the people i think what they listen to, well they think this is exactly what everybody's going through what Obviously, they have to list everything that can go wrong. Like, well, equally, list everything that can go right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but so that's the thing. Like, you know, you can look at the, again, cup half full, cup half empty. It depends how you look at it. You can see, you know, someone sees the rain and says, oh, my God. Or someone sees the rain and is like, okay, we're going to have crops. I mean, you can, you know, you, you're, you see a wave. I see a surfboard. Someone sees a wave and says, I'm going to drown. So <laughs> it's also your mindset, you know, how you look at things. But one trick I use, and I literally use it when, when every situation, I take a pen and a paper and I put pros and cons side by side, add them up. And to your point, the equation is always going to win on the side where it's going to be positive, as long as you do it. But you have to know how to visualize this and, you know, really get excited about it. And you have to also believe in yourself. Yes. That believing in ourselves, it's so important. It's so important. And for some people, it's so difficult to do. And uh, it's, it's sad because I, again, I'm fortunate I had a father who really believed in me and I had that strong, my mom died when I was young. So he was just a really, he really stepped it up and did that. And, uh, and I really appreciate that. But I, you know, I, I, part of my coaching is really helping people understand that when you don't believe in yourself, you're cheating others of your gifts. Because if you don't believe yourself and you don't go do that business or, or, or give what you want to give of yourself, you are cheating that person who needs your service, who needs to meet you, who needs to hear you. And so that's almost a very selfish thing. So when you look at yourself, you really have to be accurate. So that's a whole nother thing too. Who am I? How do I see myself? How do people around me see, see me? And getting that accurate picture of you is so important. And again, it's all through that lens of positivity. Listen, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that, that is really the, the recipe to success. And, and, you know, it's funny because 
Well, you mentioned leadership training, and we want to ha- talk about leadership as well. But you, you're, you're right. I mean, if you're going to be a leader and need in others, and you don't believe in yourself, how can people believe in you in the first place, right? Exactly. So we're going we're gonna to touch. I love leadership, you know, trainings and, and coaching and things like that. So we're definitely going to dive into that in a minute. But you, we, we talked about two components. One of them is success. And yes, one of the key success, success is not having money always, you know, healthy is good, having good family, having a good upbringing, all that stuff. But also the ability to do things you love. If you don't, like you just said, if I don't love my work, then why am I in it? And sometimes people get stuck in a job, dead end job, something they don't understand, they don't want. And they, they're miserable, one. They make everybody else miserable, especially if they're in a leadership, well, managerial role, I would not call it leadership, but, but then, or even without, but then they don't make the right money and they complain. Well, listen, there's jobs out there. There's, there's career. And like, if there's no opportunity, make one. Exactly. <laughs> you can create and, your own opportunity. And I believe all managers should be leaders. They should be. They, they absolutely. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what the biggest thing that makes me crazy is, and this is what like my legacy, what I want to do to the day I die, because this makes me nuts. We promote people based on how good they do things like, oh, he's a good, you know, communicator. We'll make him a supervisor or he's good at, you know, doing this architectural stuff. We'll make him a supervisor. And they do that without giving them any leadership training. So all of a sudden you have this person, male or female, supervising a staff of 10, 20 people who've never learned how to do conflict management, who've never learned how to run a functional team, who've never learned how to learn how to communicate as a leader. And you have misery up and down and sideways in an organization because of the lack of training. And you know this, you're a leadership trainer. So the it's so crucial that we understand the importance of having managers as leaders and having them, giving them the skills they need. And this is particularly important for women. And I have another business called Lead Hership Consortium because women have that added, unfortunately have that added level and layer of not being as confident in the workplace as men. And it just, it's just a fact of life. When I was um, teaching and I would ask my male students, how, do you, how would you feel about asking for more money during a job interview? And they said, not a problem. You know, I have no problem asking for what I need. The women had a problem asking for more money than let's say the job offered. And that's just the way we're, we're raised, we grow up in society. I mean, it's too long to talk about now, but we need, we really need to help women get beyond that and get that confidence to go in there and not as cranky women, but as just assertive, confident women and get things done. But someone has to do the leadership training because we can't do that on our own. And every time you see it, you and your audience, your audience is, I bet, shaking their heads right now. Every time you had a bad boss, not a badass boss, which is a good boss, but a bad boss, you better know that there was no leadership training of this person, or they were such a narcissist that they wouldn't allow themselves to be trained. And that makes me crazy. Well, you know, you use the, the words manager, boss, and leaders. <laughs> you know, three three words, and they can literally be one or could be three different things. And, you know, there are a lot of bosses. They're not good managers nor leaders. You have managers that are technically bosses, but they have nothing to do with leadership. And they have leaders that, that are lost because they're not really given the opportunity to lead. 
Yes, no, yes. And, and you know, it's funny because, so I, I run sales teams. And so it's all about, you know, leadership and training and stuff. But not every person on the team will be a manager, can be a manager. They're good at what they do, but they have no idea how to be, you know, leading other people where people can follow them and listen to them and respect them and really take their advice and also how they can, because again, to be a leader is more than just, you know, leading. It's, it's educating, mentoring, coaching. You're really making other leaders. If you're a true leader, you have to make other leaders. And yes. document that literally in your history. So, but that's not easy. People also have to respect you and not fear you. You just said bad boss. Bad boss is someone you're afraid of. You just, oh my God, I just want to get my job done. I don't want to deal with this person. Again, talking about not happy. If you're talking to someone that is that kind of boss, change the department, change the company, or just or take it to HR if you have to. I mean, some, sometimes you have to do more than that. But whatever the case may be, leadership is, is really a calling, I call it, you know, because it's, it's not for everyone. And, nope. and frankly, that's why we have less leaders in the world than actually, you know, plenty, plenty more followers because no one wants to take the lead. That's the other thing. There's a fear of taking accountability, being in charge. People are afraid to make a mistake, and so yes. rather follow instructions but not be able to make. I see that every day, and I'm talking about our highest levels. It's not just you know I'm talking about employee level, entry level. Even in senior leadership, you know, as we call it senior leadership, there are senior leaders that are not leaders. You know, they have the the, the titles of a position that is in leadership role, but they might not be leaders in personality or a person of leadership in a characteristics. And and sometimes you know it's a big deal because it's a clash of the titans. You can't get them like, how do you even think about this? I mean, you have the position to run, you know, different things, a department, division, a, a unit, but yet you can't even see the vision. You can't even uh, express a vision because that's the other thing. You have a vision to lead, you have directives. How do you convey that message? How you do it correctly? How you make it work? It's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's you have to be absorbed, but you're right. You can have the personality, but you may lack the, the, the technicalities, you know, the technique, you know, to make it work. That's when trainings come in. But you're right. If someone is not coachable, they're not willing, and they're very like, I got this. I'm a, I'm a fool. You know, I don't know anything. I got it. I, I have all the knowledge in the world. No one has all the knowledge in the world. I mean, to be honest with you, you learn every day. And if you, the day you stop learning, then you, something's wrong with you. And, but some people think that they got it. Now, I get it. If you're in a technical, you know, aspect, like you know your stuff, it's good. You're an expert. It doesn't mean you're not learning. You learn other things that will help you even get better. But certainly, it doesn't stop. And even within your expertise, things are always, always changing. Always changing. It's so amazing. So you got to be up, up to date with everything, technology. At best, I mean, you, you're talking about 80s and 90s technology. Well, if you don't, you know, follow the technology, you will find yourself behind. And I've seen this. I've seen in, in different levels of management or leadership where some people did not catch up to the actual times in the technology, and they might have more difficulty you know, doing things. And it's not their fault, it's just a matter of catching up. But really, you have to be ahead of it, not even catching up. Catching up is a little too late. <laughs> exactly, and be willing to, to, to be a change agent. You know, so, so many people have such a hard time changing. And people don't like change. I mean, in general, people are very, they have their comfort zone, and that's where they wanna stay. And that's a problem when companies, when you have different generations come in, because you've got the younger people who are interested in, in the new things. You've got the older people who don't want to change. And that too makes for a very difficult leadership situation. That's why I always suggest mentoring and reverse mentoring. 
So when you have young people, they can have a mentor who's been in the business a long time and can help, but then allow the young people to mentor the older person on the new technology, the new customer base you might have, the new things that are going on. So that there's a cross cross pollination of, of knowledge. It's just not one way. And that really makes for a dynamic, a dynamic situation. But it makes me crazy when managers who obviously are not leadership material are promoted and promoted and promoted, you know, and they need to be trained, but they won't be trained. So that's, that's something that we need to really, I think, address moving forward. And, and, and if you're in that situation, if you're working for that person, they're not going to change if they don't want to change. So you have to really think about what you want to do with your life. And it's a, again, that's the other thing. Like to me, I say this, if you're not happy, even me, if I'm not happy, the minute I'm not happy, there's plenty of options out there. You know, just you walk. I mean, you just, you high road, you, you know, heads up and I walk on my own terms. I mean, that's it, you know, and, and you know what? I go somewhere else. And by the way, the grass is never always green on the other side. So you got to, that's correct. You got to find challenges everywhere you go. So again, you have to outweigh things, you know, and put them in, in a good balance and see exactly what you get. But at the end of the day, you are in control. Like I always say, it's not about the rest. It's about you. You can put yourself in a situation. This town doesn't work for me. I move to a different town. <laughs> this job doesn't work for me. I move to, you know, and that's a, it's like a residence, right? I don't like my neighborhood. I go to a different neighborhood and I'll work towards it. So if I can't afford it, I'll make sure that I make money enough to go there, whatever. I mean, I'm just giving an example, but no, it's a great example. You, we can get ourselves from any situation out, but sometimes you said comfort zone. You know, I know I have friends and people that I know that they've been comfortable in their, their roles for years. And that's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, but as long as they don't complain, it's a good thing. But when people are miserable or complaining, I was like, well, what have you done? You know, it's like it's like being at a station. You see people come in and go and you're still in the same position. And you're not getting on that train. <laughs> you know, every train is coming and gone and like, what? I just missed all the trains. Well, get on, <laughs> you know, exactly. So like, that's a Great analogy. That's exactly it. And then, and if you are miserable, I don't want to hear it. You know, I, life's too short to hear it. You, so, and that brings me to what I, the tool that you were talking about mindset, what I coach is the mindset called the solution shift. And what that is, and it's a real visual thing is instead of living in the problem, we need to shift into living into the solution. So it's, I call it the solution shift. So we're going to have problems every day. There's never going to be a day where you walk around and there's not a problem, whether it's your business, your personal life, something's always coming up. And then with COVID, it was like another layer of problems, another layer of challenges that we've never even experienced before, right? So you, you could wake up in the morning and make that decision. I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to just dwell on my problems all day. Or you can say, you know what? I know that there's a problem. What is the solution to that problem? And once you train your mind to back away from the problem, look at it, but don't live in it. And instead live in the solution. All of a sudden you go from being a victim to becoming empowered. And that is really a great place to be because no matter what crap is thrown at you, you can take care of it and you can take care of yourself. And that, and all of a sudden, and it's like, a, it's a, like exercising. It's like a core exercise. You shift, shift, shift all the time from that problem to that solution. Suddenly it becomes natural for you to look at the world in a positive 
light-filled way that's solution-oriented. And that is what I try to bring to people to help them get out of that problem and into the solution. You know, it's funny. I, I'm listening to you. I'm just smirking because, because I have this rule, another rule at work, which is, you're right, problems are going to happen every day. There's always something that pops up. I mean, especially when you deal with, you know, membership and, and you know, health and, you know, staff and, you know, even at simple, the weather turns on you. Now we have leads out there. You need staffing. Someone doesn't show up. You have an event schedule, whatever the case may be. So people come to, oh, my God, we have a problem. It's like, cool. so bring me a solution. I, the problem happened already. I can't do anything about the problem. We can do something about it not happening later, meaning we can figure out a way to prevent it, if potentially possible. But right now, we can debate all why it didn't happen. Let's talk about what we can do to make it, you know, disappear and, and move on. But that's really what it is. But you're right. It's a matter of how you look at things. And there are people that don't have that drive. Like, they're like, they'd rather dwell on that because instead of thinking or creating a solution or thinking about multiple solutions, they're thinking about, like, well, they're worried. That's the other part. To your point, again, we're getting leadership versus no leadership. If they're worried to bring a problem because they're afraid of their job, you know, and if you're a true leader, you would know that, you know, there is no such thing as not a problem. You know, you, you're basically minimizing the risk of problems, you know, so you can be at a 99.9%, .9%, but there's always 0.1% or 0.1% is going to happen. But if you think that it's going to be like 100% nothing, it's not going to happen. You're going to have a percentage. So you have to be, but if people are afraid, to act because something happened. So things happen, you know, and yes, I mean, even like in my world, we work with government programs, so we have to report to, to so some, some government agencies, right? So there's a cap, there's, you know, corrective action plans, all this stuff that has to be done. But frankly, I've sat down with these audits and stuff and things happen, you know, you have to justify it happened. We put a remedy in place. There is an audit trail, there's this, there's that, it's not happening, the system, the procedure now works, done. They're not going to penalize you for it. As long as it doesn't cost money or you got paid on money that you shouldn't. Right. <laughs> if you did, you got to pay it back. But and I mean, you learn. Exactly. And that bigger companies, the largest companies have trouble sometimes. I mean, even you're talking about like, you know, Fortune 500 companies. They don't, they get through, through headaches too. They got scrutiny. They have different agencies that get into them and stuff. And even super bosses and super, you know, leaders, you know, and CEOs and, 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 and C-suite, you know, level still can get in trouble. Governors, <laughs> you know, uh, elected officials. We all human. We all can make mistakes, and things operationally can break. Doesn't matter. I'm not talking about mechanically, but you know, even through the flow of something, something happens. Uh, you know, uh, miscommunication. Big. That's a big one. Uh, it happens all the time, and it can cause problems in process. You know, mail can be a problem. I mean, simple. You're expecting something to go. A file didn't happen. Things were delayed. Now you have a problem. Chaos. So people thrive, I think, on chaos, whereas you should not do that. I mean, things happen. You, you got to stop panicking. We have to adjust. You know, basically identify. I call it SOS. See it, own it, solve it. Nice. <laughs> you know, so that's it. Now you're good. Now you go on the next level. Make it happen. And then you put the, the, the system in place for it not to happen again. Or if it happens, you will have measures to tackle it quickly. And that's really, you know, what it is. But it, but. Yeah, it sounds easy now, us talking about it, but it takes a lot of energy. But again, it takes that mindset to be positive, to see the positivity, as opposed to like, oh my God. But you're right, if someone's negative, you're gonna think of every reason why the world ended. Exactly, and you know, so two things that you said that really struck out to me. Number one is you can't lead from fear because it doesn't get you anywhere. You cannot be afraid. 
And again, what's the worst thing that can, if you get fired, okay, you'll find another job. I mean, that, you know, that whole thing, or if I lose money or whatever, you have, you, you, you've seen people in business that are fear-based leaders and they're annoying to, they can't make a decision. They're so afraid to take a step forward. You know, it's just, it's just awful. And the other thing that I always say when you're talking about the solution shift is you really have to know what you can control and what you can't. Literally identify that on a piece of paper because most of the things we can't control, you can't control the economy, you can't control how a customer will react to what you're selling. You, there's not much you can control. However, you can't control how you react to it. And I vote that however you react to it, you do it in a very positive, positive way. And that is the ticket. But worrying about things you can't control like the weather or the economy or COVID, I mean, that's the, the, the ultimate. Who, no one, none of us saw that coming. I've been around a long time. I've never experienced anything like that. I'm in LA, we shut down you know, about a year ago. It was insane. I lost seven you know, presentation, speaking gigs, you know, in a month, uh, all of a sudden the world just, whoa, it, you know, so you could either, I could have either sat there and cried about, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Or I needed to pivot to the positive. What's the solution? Virtual presentations. Do I know how to do this? No, I've done a couple, but to, to figure out the, the PowerPoints and how to engage an audience when no one, you don't see anybody, I mean, all this stuff, but I learned it. I could have said, no, I'm going to fail. And I'm just, this is the end of the world. Or you know what? There's got to be opportunity here. And I got to be. So I ended up having a very successful year because I pivoted not only to virtual presentations and not only to more virtual coaching as opposed to on-site, but I pivoted to the positive. I think let's do this. So it's really, it comes down to knowing what you can control and what you can't and sticking with that solution-oriented, positive approach. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I, I relate to everything you say, and actually I believe in what you're saying. It's funny because you're right. You know, you, anyone listening to this can exactly do that. Anyone who's watching can do that. And it's sometimes, you know, if they haven't thought about it or they, they've never considered it, you know, it's not rocket science. It's simple. It's a shift. And the shift is like, what can I do to make it work? It's a survival instinct. Actually, as a humans, we have that. You know, we will survive, you know, in, in, in any situation as long as we're willing and not panicking. That's, that's the part. Like panic and fear are the first ones that turn everybody into negative, And then everything gets gloomy and it gets worse. Uh, in, in one of the shows, I, you know, it's, we have a recurring you know, show. It's called The Garrison Hour with Gabriel Garrison. And we talk about mindset, we talk about, you know, uh, not spirituality, but we talk about energies. And, and really, that's what it is. Positivity and negativity are, are exactly what they are, they're energies. It's like, you know, if it's heat and cold, you want to get in an icebox or you want to be in, in the heat, you know. So that's the whole thing. But you can go to positive and, you know, the energy is going to be big. We see that in engagement. People that are positive, it's kind of like contagious. And vice versa, if you're like surrounded with people that are uh. and everything is wrong and like, the world is like always, it's like always dark, you know, get out. It's like, you know, it's funny, Star Wars, I, I, I love Star Wars. So the dark side <laughs> and the force, <laughs> I mean, really think about it exactly as, as a sample, but it is fact. And, but we can turn, 
you know, the Davos can be bad, but you can get out of it. You can get out of the actual negative, the gloomy, and just stay positive. And, you know, look at positive people. In, that's the other environment, influence. You know, if you surround yourself with people that are like always going to put you down, you're going to do it. And you, by the way, you say the word that actually hurt when I was a kid. You can't do it. You're not going to do it. You're, not, you're going to fail. You can't, why are you going to do this? You know, I'm moving from one place to the other. Like, oh, you're going to go there? You're crazy? Like I, I was in Orlando. People say, you going to New York? It's like, yeah. It's like, well, you can stay here and have a life. Yeah, I can have a life here, but I want to have, if I can make it in New York, I can make it anywhere else. So, so that's what people said. So I'm going to go and test my, my life in there. And it worked out. But I could have listened to them like, you know, they really don't want you. People actually, you know, like me and my wife, even with the shows and stuff, the beginning people like, oh, you can't do this. And people tell you like, oh, really? You're going to do this stuff? It's not going to work. Well, you do your thing, I do me. And when I do me, I'm going to do it right and I'll work for it. And yes, if I fail, it's okay. You're not paying for it. <laughs> You're not investing in it. And it's not your time. My time, my money, my value. And I will do whatever it takes to make it, you know, succeed. Yes. And what happens if it fails? To your point, nothing. I would have learned a lot of stuff and I'm, I'm going to be a better person than when I started. And then I can take that same knowledge and apply it even in another company if I have to go. But that's it. But it's really how you set yourself to succeed versus to fail. And I think people set themselves to fail. <laughs> and it's it's unfortunate. But Absolutely. And another, which brings up another great issue that you brought up is you cannot worry about what people think of you because you cannot make everybody happy. You know, it's interesting. I do a lot of work with creating a personal leadership brand, which is such a fascinating topic about how you show up in the world and what you want people to know about you. It's just very fun, very fun. So I was speaking to a group of about 500 people down in San Diego. And a lot of times they always have these evaluations that they give you, at, you know, that for the audience, well, how would you think of the speaker? You know, which is annoying because they just met you. You know, it's fun, I get it, but it's, it is what it is. And hopefully I've learned a lot of good tricks from it, but a lot, a lot of people are just cranky. So. I gave, I spoke my heart out, great. I thought I gave a great presentation. I get a ton of evaluations. One of them stuck out. The guy said it was the worst presentation he had ever seen and they should never bring me back. And then the, and then the next evaluation later, the woman said, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I'm going to be able to put this to work for me in my, in my office. And I'm sure I can go get that promotion. And I would, I did, I was up there on the stage being Lori and doing the same thing. And it really opened up my eyes that first of all, we can't control how others perceive us. That guy might've had a really crappy morning with his wife I mean, fighting, whatever happened. He, and he did, or maybe he didn't want to even be at that conference, right? So that's, that's the lens he looked at. I had no control over how he woke up in the morning. And that other gal, you know, she might have been having a tough day, but she needed that jolt of positivity and how to show up and how to create a brand. So she was ready to hear it. Again, no control. So I've learned that we have no control over how other people will react to us whether they like us or not. I don't try to be likable necessarily. I just come from my authentic self of wanting to help. And some people like it, some people don't, but that's not what's gonna motivate me. My motivation is to give and hopefully people get this advice and really elevate their lives. But you, people who, who are so worried about what other people are gonna think of them, it's paralyzing 
and it never moves you forward. So that's such a really important lesson. And again, I showed up as the same person and I got those two different viewpoints and it's, it's fascinating to me. Well, it is. And it's funny because you said that. I mean, most people, first of all, you, you were standing in front of 500 people and, you know, fear of public speaking is a big deal, right? Everybody, you know, to a level of not, even if you are comfortable, I'm comfortable, you're comfortable. We still have the anxiety before you get started and you self-evaluate yourself anyways. I know me when I stand there, I know if I was good, if I was medium, you know, medium, if I did bad. You tell, you know your energy, you know how you, but, you, but you're right. There are people, especially when you do that large group, sometimes you don't even see them. When no, you, you don't. When you do a smaller group, it's even worse because you got like people staring at you. And now you have one person. See, I always do this. I zone in one person and I find the one that gets the vibe. And that's the one that I really like, you know, and you see comedians do that on stages and, and performers. They start, you know, finding some people on, on, on the audience that actually relate and they can make it better for them as opposed to getting somebody that is really going to bore them and stuff. And I've had people actually that challenge me on, on presentations and stuff, but you know, you have to deal with them, but you're right. It's the perception or the lens and, or the angle they look at it. See, I, I give this analogy all the time, you know, is the view the same on the first floor versus the roof is the, view the same on the Mount or in the moon. If you were in the moon, I mean, you'll see the earth in a different light as opposed to, in a plane or if you were just on, on Mount Everest or even in a skyscraper. So the higher you go, the visual is better. You can see it better, but people are narrow vision. They just look at, you know, what, what they it's, they're very like small visual, you know, span. They look at immediate environment. They don't see the big picture or they don't want to see the big picture. They, and then they're judgmental as the other thing. People judge you for how you look, how you dress, you know, your accent, whatever. They'll find a reason to criticize. And even when you give positive stuff, and by the way, I experienced this, you know, my wife, we experience this all the time through social media, because we do a lot of, you know, stuff, we're active. And you put a post that is valuable, and then someone out there goes in and put a comment, and then they have nothing to offer except that negative comment. You know, I'm like, really get alive. I mean, seriously. And, and again, I, I, so much that I, I, I even put, you know, some, some stuff out there and say, you don't like what you hear. This is not for you. Get out, move somewhere else, find something else, but don't come to my house, you know, and, and again, you know, this is my rule. This is my house, my rules, my, my United States. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. It, you just can't, you can't, that's not, shouldn't prevent you from doing what you need to do out there and going out there and getting it. So, you know, and these, and people who are, are these trolls, it's just, they're just sad and they have no life and they're not doing, they're not getting out in front of 500 people and talking and, and sharing their, their wisdom. And, uh, and that's, what's so weird about doing virtual presentations because I love these, you know, these recordings like this, cause I can talk to you. I can see you. It's, it makes me feel so good. But when you do virtual presentations, a lot of time when you're presenting at conferences virtual you don't see anybody it's like talking to yourself for 45 50 minutes and it's it's such a different vibe but being in front of people you know i have been in front of i used to call my students the dead class there's like class you no matter how energetic you are they're just dead so you just have to learn how to really love yourself and be your authentic self and show up the way you do and those who need you and will hear you will hear you. And those who won't, they can go find themselves something else to do. Well, or they can listen to this and get positive, right? <laughs> well, I hope a lot of people, you know, this doesn't move a lot of people, you know, they're just like, they blow it off. Sure. You know, you haven't had any, you know, it's easy for you to be positive. When I've had a ton of challenges, health challenges, personal challenges, 
financial challenges. And I've still managed to stay positive, which is why today I'm doing so well. But some people just can't hear that. And that's okay. I'm not going to, I'm not here to save the world. I'm just here to reach those people who need to hear this message and are open to it. Well, we, we, we had a discussion about the matrix, the blue pill and the red pill. <laughs> you know, pick the pill you want. I mean, at the end of the day, you, it's, it's whatever you want to get. If you want to get it, you get it. If not, if, I can't help you. You can take the horse to the water, you can make them drink, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. Uh, we're almost coming to the end of the show, but I wanted to share this because when I was in, in, the, uh, in the university, I, had, I was part of the, uh, the artistic, you know, it was like I was part of the, um, um, the team that we did, like, you know, um, theater and all the stuff, mm -hmm. music, dancing. And um, so we had a, a piece that we had to, to do for travel. And so, so the first audience we were given was actually a bunch of generals and, and, and military. So, so the dean said, if you can make these guys laugh, <laughs> you'll make it happen. And actually, we had a, a standing ovation with everybody. Were, yeah. Well, that was our test. I mean, if we can make these guys really like feel it, we can take it next level. So it was one of the most important, you know, days of our lives at the time. Like, oh my God, we got to go in front of these guys. But you're right. I mean, you do the best, you know, and everybody, I don't care how successful they are. You can always have a bad day. Yes. And unfortunately, when I, when I, when I look at someone, I don't judge them. I always find a reason why they didn't do a good job. Ask any athlete. Yes. And, and I flipped the switch I, and I know we're running out of time, but I always flip the, the script. What happens if every basketball player in the NBA made a basket every time they, they threw a basket or every football player, every time there was a play, got a touchdown? I mean, it would be the most boring thing on the planet. The beauty of sports are the mistakes and, 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 and the trying harder. So it's the same thing. You just, you know, it's, you, you don't want that perfection. You really want to have that, that variety in life. Also, Doctor, I want to ask you, as we come into the end of the show today, and I'm having a blast here, um, what would be three things you want the audience to live with right now? Just three elements that, you know, we've talked a lot about stuff, you know, but if you just want to give them three pointers right now to keep, you know, as their core elements to use as, as tools, what would they be? Number one, when you wake up in the morning, you make a choice to either be miserable or happy. I say be happy. It's a great way to start off your day. Second of all, keep a strengths journal. Every day, write down at the end of the day, the five things you did well and what about you added to that ability to do it well, because that really builds up your confidence and your strengths when you're trying to do some changing. And number three, truly believe in yourself. Work that core confidence muscle, just like you go out to a workout every day and, and, and work your quads or any other part of your core. Work that core confidence because when you're confident about yourself, people are going to want to be with you, buy your product, and really would admire that. So just that's what the three things I would say. And those are powerful things. And if anyone can just take even one of them and apply it, you know, at, at a time, you will still be able to see the positivity and get the success. And so with that, you know, Dr. Ori, thank you for being on the show. It was a great one. We had a Great blast here and certainly a lot of insights I think you know can you know give a lot of folks out there positivity and a good vibe and a good energy uh, folks thank you for watching on the higher health channel listening on iHealth radio hurricane H here we'll be talking tomorrow night so 
Chao, chao.